Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, turn the game again. Everybody's gonna lose and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Get Rich Quick with Josh. And Noel. Right here on Radio Free Brooklyn, your home for expensive hotels. That's right. Um, this is the show where I, Josh Rubin. And I, Noel Deneen. Come together once a week uh, with topic in hand and bring our big, big, big brains together, mm-hmm. smoosh them all up, and come up with exquisitely... Delicious ideas for getting incredibly wealthy. Yeah, around that topic. Every More, week we do this. Yeah. yeah. More money than you could think of. Think. Think of a number. Everyone out there, I challenge you right now. I have close a your eyes. Think. Think of a number. I have a number. Now think of a bigger number. I've thought of a bigger number. Think of a bigger one than that one. Yeah. All right. I've done that. Now you're starting to get close. Do you, you don't want to hear my numbers? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> like your birthday wishes. Yeah. Um, and so we come up with these ideas, uh, which take literally all of our time. All of our time. Noel uh, recently had to quit his job uh, because he's so consumed with this show and what we do on it, the uh, good that we do for the people out there. Josh recently left his <laughs> wife. Yep. So that he could focus on what's important, which is making you guys rich. Yep. Making love to your money. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, we give you these ideas. For free. For free. Yeah. Well, is free really the right word? I think it is. I don't think it is. We give them to you. For free. For no money up front. Okay. Does that sound better? That's really more honest. For no money up front, they're yours. Yeah. Uh, And we have a gentleman's agreement with you. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you're a lady or a gentleman, it's still a gentleman's agreement. Okay. That you will uh, take these ideas, yes. you will action them, you will make them into your reality. Yes, you will. You will judge them as you need to judge them to fit your situation. And uh, once you strike it rich, yeah. once you have hit the mother load, yeah. once you are showering yeah. yourself... In gold and oil oh. and riches. Yeah. In oil? Yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking of uh, uh, Let There Be Blood. Okay. When he strikes the... We, when he, we, he strikes oil. Uh, he strikes oil. He doesn't oil. shower himself in oil. Well, he, sh- he gets showered in oil. Okay. Right? And he just, he's so, so happy. So it's a rite of passage it, for rich people. Exactly. <laughs> okay. They take oil showers. All right. When you, when you get oil baptized into the rich person's <laughs> exactly. club. Exactly. That's it. Oil yeah. ba- baptism by oil. Okay. That's it. Exactly. You got it. Um, and, uh, you are living the high life. Yeah. And not until then. Yes. You then go, oh, wait a second. Yeah. Right right after you have met with all the sheiks and laid your hand upon that weird glowing orb like (laughs) Trump did. Uh, yeah. Right after that. After that, you say, oh, wait a second. There's something I forgot. Uh Uh-huh. There's something I need to take care of. That's right. 
And you know what that is? That's Josh and Noel. That's right. You <laughs> need to give us 10% of everything that you made mm-hmm. because we helped you make it. That's right. We are the, we, we are the starter. We are. We are the... the uh, the yeast to your bread. That's exactly what I was thinking yeah. of, but for some reason I couldn't stop thinking of starch. Okay. But yes, the yeast to your bread. <laughs> we are the levain to your pan. We are the levain to your pan. Yeah. yeah. We are a natural yeast out there, and uh, our starter gets your bread rising. That's right. Yeah. No, that's a perfect And that bread analogy. will rise high. Yeah. Yeah. High and full and fluffy and delicious. And delicious. Yeah. Golden brown. Plentiful. Plenty of gold. Pl- so much, so much bread, you could cut off 10% and not even notice. Yeah, that's a couple of slices. Yeah. You give that away, no problem. Come on. So that's what we do. That, that is. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it, it Short, in the short version <laughs> of what yeah. we do. You should, you should really hear the long version. Oh, oh boy. No, yeah. we can go on forever. Um, but anyway, yeah, so there you go. 10%, tie this 10%. Yeah. Um, you keep 90%. Yeah, that's a lot of money. And look, you know, it's 10% once you get rich. It's like, it's it's a single payment. Well. Right. Is it a single payment? We've never really discussed that. It, it can be more than one payment, but but you don't start <clears throat> until you're rich. But what I'm saying is, is it 10% of a set amount of riches? Okay. Right? Like No. Right, so as they get richer, they just keep giving us 10%. As they get richer, but they're still rich. Yeah. We're never taking until they are rich. Yeah. Or they're never giving until they are rich. Yes. Either way you want to look at it. Yeah. Hmm. I guess there's some things we need to iron out (laughs) (laughs) with this. I guess maybe a contract might be helpful. Well, come on. Yeah. The universe is our contract. (laughs) Is the universe our contract? Yeah, the airwaves Uh are are our contract. That's right. We put it out there. That's right. Yep. Hasn't helped us with some of the uh, bigger conglomerates who've clearly stolen our ideas. They will. They will come around. We'll see. One day when we wield the power, they will bend the knee. There are any lawyers out there who want to represent us? Yeah. You know, guys who represent... Who are who? What is it called? The uh, like the 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 uh, the tech troll guys. Uh huh. You know who I'm talking the about? Patent trolls. The patent trolls. Uh huh. Any? I think those are the kind of guys we need. I think we need. <laughs> oh, really? I think we need the lawyers. The lawyers who uh, yeah. who work for the patent trolls. Yeah. We. You know what? If you listen to our back catalog, you could prove that we have invented almost everything. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's exactly what it is, and that everyone else has uh, stolen our ideas. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. And not given us our 10%, yeah. which we are entitled to. We're coming. That's right. Watch yourself, yeah. 20th Century Fox. Boom, bitty, boom. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, haven't seen you in a whole week, no. No, haven't. I've been busy. Yeah. Yeah. Too busy to actually live any life and have a story to start the day off with. <laughs> yeah, too busy to have yeah. a life and, and have a story yeah. to tell. But yeah. don't worry about it, Noel. Okay, why not? Because I've got a little story to tell. Wow. I was thinking about this. I had seen some friends from high school this past week, and we were having a, a conversation, and they, they I probably had blocked it out because it was so traumatic. Okay. But they were reminding me, they, they reminded me of this time that my father was so angry at me because of something I did. So the way my father and I had, at best, had a contentious relationship. Uh-huh. And... Uh, 
he used to ground me all the time okay and punish me all for right. things that I did I get it um for and <laughs> Are you saying you want to punish me? I'm you saying, understand I the desire it. to punish Josh Rubin. <laughs> um, and uh, but because he worked nights, he was never home to you know make sure this punishment was being enacted. My stepmother was always up in her office space, getting drunk and high, uh-huh. and uh, not really paying much attention to what I was doing. Yeah. So I was always getting grounded. Which the big thing for being grounded was I was not allowed to watch TV. Right. Uh-huh. But I would just do it. I would watch TV and then I would hear him coming home and then I'd turn off the TV and then he would come because these were old tube TVs. I don't know what these new ones, if you can feel it, these old tube TVs. And he would put his hand on the back and uh, and and scream at me uh-huh. and I would lie and say that I didn't do it. Well, so at some point he got completely fed up with this little thing that we did uh-huh. and he banished me to the courtyard. Oh, and I actually had to camp out oh, okay. in the courtyard All right. for a week. Okay. I was allowed to shower. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and cleanse myself. Uh-huh. And uh, I could come inside to eat a meal. Okay. And I could be inside if the weather was bad. To, and and uh, even at night, I could do my homework. Okay. But I had to sleep outside, uh-huh. and I couldn't be in the house otherwise. And this was for a week. Was it awesome? No, it was pretty shitty, because I didn't have like a sleeping bag or anything. Uh-huh. I had my comforter, oh, and a blanket, and I had to sleep on a stone bench. Is this before there was a door to the courtyard? No, there was always a door to the courtyard. I thought you'd come in and there'd be creepos doing creepy sometimes. Okay, yeah, but that that door just didn't work well. Uh-oh. That was why the creepos would be doing creepy. In Did there. you get creeped on while you were? No, I never there? got creeped on while I was there. It wasn't like an always all time always kind of thing uh, you know what i mean it was just but yeah i slept in the courtyard that was my punishment okay i was forced to sleep in the courtyard and you know there's mice out there yeah and uh pigeons and uh nasty things and uh yeah was there it fun was, no it wasn't fun seems it like was it not could fun. Be fun i guess it could be fun if you were like excited about it uh-huh um it could be fun if you liked sleeping Outside, the great in the outdoors. Yeah, I don't think. See, I, I, I get the great outdoors. You know, like I would be okay sleeping on the grass over by the river, okay. for instance. That would be lovely to me. I don't know if I could do it every night. Yeah. Um, but when you're forced to, like when you have no choice in the matter, mm-hmm. you are locked out of your home except for specific things. It's not nearly as fun. Okay. All, that's all I'm saying. So it was, it was always awkward saying good night. Okay, because I'd walk out the door and I'd every night I would expect to get like the, all right, you can go back to your room now. Uh-huh. You've learned your lesson, but no, he was dead set that for that week I was sleeping out in the <laughs> courtyard. So what I would do sometimes is just stay up all night and then go walk the streets uh-huh. till four or five in the morning. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> See, anyway, so that's my story, Noel. Uh huh. And, uh, you know, as is usual with these stories, uh-huh. they tie into the topic. They do. Of the week. Yes. And today's topic is? It is punishment. But not crime. Not crime. Just punishment. Just punishment. How to get rich. Get spankingly rich. 
off of punishment. That was terrible. I mean, that was spankingly rich. Spankingly rich. Uh-huh. Famous British saying. Is that a British saying? Yeah. Oh, I'm spankingly rich. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. I did never knew that. I learn new things from you every day. (laughs) It's incredible. Um, So uh, punishment, Noel. There's a lot of money in punishment. Yeah. All kinds of punishment. There sure is. Yeah. Um, Did you figure out how to make money on punishment that someone else hasn't? Multiple ways. Really? As a matter of fact. Yeah. More than two? No, two. Oh, okay. Uh. I mean, that is multiple. I get it. Yeah. So when you think of punishment, a lot of people thinking think of uh, Joe Arpaio, America's <laughs> toughest sheriff. They do, yeah. You know, he was the sheriff of Maricopa County in mm-hmm. Arizona, including Phoenix, from 1993 to 2016. He once forced a woman who had been arrested to give birth in shackles and then wouldn't let her hold the baby. He once arrested a paraplegic man for trespass, well, or his police force, arrested a paraplegic man for trespassing and possession of marijuana, changed him, chained him to a Guantanamo Bay-style restraint chair. When the man complained, they tightened the restraints, breaking the man's neck. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it didn't matter. He was a paraplegic already. Come on. Did he die? But I'm paraplegic. I just break my neck for fun? Well, you know. He had to get surgery and get uh, discs removed. Okay, but it's like he's already paraplegic. Yeah. I guess he wasn't a quad. He was paraplegic, so he was just just paralyzed from the waist down. Or whatever. He was para. Yeah. Partially. Partially, right. He wasn't a quad. He wasn't quadriplegic, so he could still lose the use of his arms. Uh... He arrested citizens for clapping during a public meeting of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. He's best known for his treatment of illegal immigrants and those who look like them. <laughs> uh, because he, that's exactly yeah. what he did. You uh-huh. know? He just... uh, and uh, it, it, when it comes to that, he, Joe once said it was an honor to be compared to the KKK. The U.S. Justice Department concluded that Arpaio oversaw the worst pattern of racial profiling in U.S. history. He was charged with contempt of court when he refused to stop his immigration roundups without any suspicion that a crime has or is being committed. So he would just see a bunch of Hispanic people, round them up because they were Hispanic. And then they would have to prove that they're citizens. What do you think growing up with him was like? Horrible. <laughs> you would think, right? I would think, yeah. Uh, so he was charged with contempt of court. Famously, very recently, Trump pardoned him. Right, right after. On, yeah. Like right after. He didn't even give it a breath. Yeah. Didn't let the guy spend an ounce of time in jail. Yeah. Right after. Uh, pardoned him on August 25th. Uh, one thing Joe's famous for, I don't know if you know about this, you know about Tent City? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So in 2009, he opened Tent City. Uh, it was mainly for people who committed DUIs. And what it was was in the desert of Arizona, he set up a bunch of Korean War tents surrounded in barbed wire, 
forced detainees to wear pink underwear, limited their meals to twice a day. The pink underwear bit, mm-hmm. I think, is absurd. It's absurd. Because he did it to basically, you know, because yeah. it's effeminate. Yeah. Right? That's his thing. It's completely, like, that's just an example of how, ins- like, a true example of how really insane this guy yeah. is. And how old school tone deaf. Yeah. Who cares nowadays? <laughs> right? Who how cares? Old school tone deaf. He is. Yeah. No, it's true. Uh, I so like that, though, that that is a, 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 a critique. Of him, that he's old school tone deaf. Well, yeah. I like it. Although, that being said, I don't have any pink underwear. Yeah, exactly. You have pink shirts, though. Uh, I feel like I've seen you in a pink shirt. I feel like you might have one. Oh, I, yeah, I, I probably do. I, I do, actually. I have a pink dress shirt. Yeah. Uh, That's a shirt. That counts as a shirt. <laughs> it does. And if I put it around my body, put it if you wear it. I could wear it as underwear. Oh, I see what you're <laughs> saying. What I'm saying. Slide your legs in there. <laughs> Slide my legs in, in the there. Sleeves, it's like long yeah. underwear. Uh-huh. Uh, so he, Korean War tent set up in the Arizona desert, surrounded by barbed wire, forced teenies to wear pink underwear, limited their meals to twice a day, and limited the cost of each meal to 15 cents per meal. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. How did he do that? Uh, probably by not feeding them. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and uh, when temperatures in the Arizona desert reached 110... He told complaining prisoners uh, that is 120 in Iraq where our soldiers are. Mm. So he's a real class act. Yeah. Right. He is old school tone deaf. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you might say, no, what's your point? Did you just want to list a bunch of crap that this horrible person did? Partially. Yeah. <laughs> Partially. I wanted to say, hey, Joe, you're an idiot. That, that that was part of my point. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, no matter what, you got to say, hey, this is a bit much. But, you know, drunk driving is a huge problem. In 2015, 10,265 drunk driving deaths occurred in America. A third of all traffic-related deaths here. June of this year, a Painesville, Ohio judge named Michael Cicinetti uh, required defendants of uh, DUI charges to enter a credit card number on Uber and Lyft apps as a condition of probation. Right? So that's the other side of the coin. You got old dickhead Joe on one side, and you got uh, maybe a little uh, lenient... Michael on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. Where's the where's the happy medium? Good question. I'll tell you. This is what you, the listener out there, are going to do. You are going to create your own new driving service with an app. It's going to be four people charged with, with DUIs an with an app. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, would you have a website too? No, just an app. Just an app. Yep. Okay. Uh, so. You're going to have this app. You're going to get a pink car. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, maybe you can possibly uh-huh. get a, a Mary Kay tie-in <laughs> sponsorship there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, or you might get sued by Mary Kay. One of the two. Well, it's not going to be a Cadillac. Okay. Uh, so, and then you're going to get that cab TV that went in New York hates. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to play nothing 
but recovery videos. <laughs> and uh, the drivers are going to be addiction specialists. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, in New York, it wouldn't do too much because you, if you get in a cab, you're in it for like 10 minutes. Yeah. But out in Arizona, out in California, everywhere where people really drive, they're in their cars a lot. Yeah. And they're going to have to be in your DUI Uber. What's a good name for this service? DUI Uber? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Something like that. You can call it the drunk tank. Oh, you could call it the drunk tank. Yeah. Okay. So they're in your drunk tank uh, a lot. How about a Suber? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Clean and Suber. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, yeah. And so uh, before long... You know, you're going to have this Judge Michael Cincinnati and judges across the country mm-hmm. mandating that they take your car. Because not only is it keeping these drunkos off the roads. Drunkos. Yeah. It is also healing you. Healing you. Well, healing the the, the, the drunk. Yes. Yeah, you're doing a service. You, you are rehabilitating... You are punishing the shame of the pink car. Yeah. Maybe you're you have bad seats. You're too. also double dipping, right? Because you're, oh. because you're hitting up the the government yeah. for that uh, therapy money. Sure. Yeah. That, you, yeah. You're getting that, you're getting that, therapy for that money court from the mandated therapy money and you're as getting, well. And you're getting drive money from the passenger. Mm-hmm. Yep. And maybe you can sell them some uh, like fifths of whiskey or something too under the yeah, table. Weed. <laughs> You can sling weed like so many Uber drivers do on the side. Uh, yeah, and that's it. And you make your millions, mm-hmm. and you become a franchise. You become yeah a, a a a piece of our penal system. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. It's true. I remember uh, when we were in Sedona, Arizona. As a matter of fact, that uh-huh. besides waiting for the Uber for forty five minutes. The trip took us like 45 minutes. Sure, yeah. And, you know, that's essentially a therapy session right there. That sure is. Yeah. You know. And and if you live there, you probably got to make that drive a few times a day. Yeah. You're you're in your car two and a half hours a day. Yep. Three hours a day. Maybe you get to the point where you just call it because you want to talk. Maybe. And you book, you end up booking hour sessions yeah. in the car. Drive me to Walmart. Yeah, just driving the around. The far one. Yeah, exactly. I need to talk. Yeah. And then be back in an hour and a half, and we'll talk on the way back. Yeah. Uh, solid idea, No. Helping the world, idea. too. You're helping the world. You're helping the individual. You're just you're just helping. Yeah, I'm helping you, the listener, to a lot of money. Yeah, it is a lot of money. And all you need is a pink car. Yeah. To give them a little bit of embarrassment. Yeah. Because everyone will know. Everyone will know. Yeah. yeah. And it says drunk tank on it. Mm-hmm. Or clean and super. Or clean and super. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. It's a good one. Um, let's talk about punishment, Noel. Yeah, let's talk about it. So I've mentioned in the past mm-hmm. uh, about the privatization of our prison system. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I've mentioned in the past about how for-profit prison companies have contracts with counties that require the county to guarantee 
that the prison be at least 90% full. Yes. Um, otherwise, the county has to pay or state has to pay a penalty. Yeah. Um, I've talked about how the United States is 5% of the world's population, but has 25% of the prison population. Mm-hmm. I've talked about how lobbyists have driven the GOP to put in harsher and harsher penalties for small drug offenses to force people into the prison pipeline. Mm -hmm. Mandatory minimums, Mm -hmm. 20 years for one drug conviction. Sure. That's pretty intense, man. I don't care what the drug is. 20 years is a long time. We've learned that it's not really a deterrent, right? But then when you look at it, when you look at the data, and here's the thing. One of the things that that, that you have is that the result of all this stuff is that just the top two private prison corporations in, in, in the United States of America are making almost $3 billion a year. Mm-hmm. In profit, in profit off of the American taxpayers. Okay. Uh, they did a study, a, a group called AFSC, I don't know what it stands for, uh, <laughs> did a study uh, that shows that in Arizona, where they have about 13% of their prisons right now mm-hmm. are privately run. Um, that Arizona pays more than $7 million more for the private prison system Mm -hmm. than it does for the county-run prison system. Okay. Right? So they're not saving any money, right? That's the whole concept behind the privatized prison system. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that it saves you money, right? You you the taxpayer is saving money by it being privatized. Well, but they're not though, right? So that's a problem. Yeah. And then in the process of this, when they look at the assessment data of these private the security assessment data of these uh, private prisons, they all have serious security flaws. Um, all of these private prisons in Arizona demonstrate clear long-standing patterns of prisoner unrest, including riots, staffing and management issue, escapes, and other serious uh, safety problems. Mm -hmm. So it's not safer, right? They're not keeping the incarcerated people uh, in any... In, in, in fact, in, in more often cases, more often than not, in worse conditions than yeah. in the county jails, yeah. which creates greater unrest... Right, greater chance of recidivism, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. and they're paying the the taxpayers paying over seven million dollars more for this. Yeah, right. So I was doing some more research, and it turns out that this co- this group, the Vera Institute, that a nationwide uh, 
study to see how much it costs to house inmates at prisons nationwide. I mean, obviously, it's state by state. Depending on the state, it's more expensive. With New York City actually being the most expensive, the Uh city itself, it costs almost $165,000 a year uh, to house a prisoner. Sure. in in our jail system in the city, uh, California, it's seventy seven thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. The national average outside of those two anomalies is thirty three thousand two hundred seventy four dollars. Bargoon, a year. And I said, well, what's that cost a day? That costs ninety one dollars and sixteen cents per day. Okay, I'm like that's not a lot of money. No, when I think about it. And I thought to myself, I've stayed at many mid-level hotels for less than $91.16 a day Uh and had a really good experience. Okay. Right? Like uh, uh, a mid-level hotel such as uh, Hampton Inn Mm -hmm. or Holiday Inn Express, right? We're not talking high level, but a good comfortable bed. Yep. A desk. Television, yeah. Uh, breakfast is included. It's clean. It's clean, right? Showers are clean. Always fresh towels. A clean cup. Ice machine down the hallway. Soda machine. Snacks if necessary. A menu to order from offsite if you need to. Nothing great, but definitely clean. Not we're not talking Motel Six meth lab kind of stuff here. Uh huh. And I was like, what's the national average for that? The national average for those hotel chains. $86 a room, okay, which includes breakfast. Now, a room is the room, right? You can sleep two, three people in a room. No problem. So here's my thought. Okay. You are essentially going to start running your own private prisons like mid-level hotel chains. Okay. Okay? You will have the make-your-own-waffle bar uh-huh. in the morning, the uh, flapjack machine. Yeah, they'll get comfy beds, uh, and you will still charge ninety-one dollars and sixteen cents a day. But you're going to make money hand over fist because what you're going to do, and this is the key, okay, to all hospitality, you're not going to be in a situation where you have to guarantee retention because people are going to love coming to your prison so much. Mm-hmm. You're going to have like frequent customers your client retention will be through the roof you can even create like uh rewards cards for them uh-huh. that they can use for you know if they stay for an extended period of time they can get stuff from the canteen okay these places all make a fortune the 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 mid-level hotel world is the fastest growing uh development hotel development in the country right now all right it returns at like a 67, 68% rate. These guys are not doing it right. They don't have the hospitality background. All you need is a basic hospitality background. Mm -hmm. You just want people to be happy in your place, and they will come back over and over again without question. Mm -hmm. They will be like, man, I was at Lompoc, Dude, they've changed it all around. The beds have a, a, a feather comforter uh-huh. and really good supportive pillows. The mattress is like four inches thick memory foam. Mm-hmm. I sleep like a baby when I'm there. Yeah. 
The guards are all nice to me. They ask how I'm doing today. Uh, there's a pool. I can make my own waffle for breakfast. Yeah. My rewards card, I've been in this jail for 15 years. I can now use my rewards card for free HBO upgrade. Yeah. These are all the things that people want. And would make people so happy. Your your recidivism mate weight might go up uh-huh. because they just want to come back but and stay it'll there. It will put a good spin on it. It will put a good spin yeah, on the it. The return customers. Yeah, exactly. It would cut down violence drastically. Oh yeah. People sleep well. They feel like they're they've got a good meal in their stomach. They're just hanging out. Yeah. When it starts to feel like you're on vacation, who doesn't just chill out and relax? Yeah. So that's what you're going to do. Yeah, you I, are, and it's not like you need to do anything crazy too because these guys they're not driving away. They don't need cars. So no. instead of the parking lot, you turn into a giant moat all around it. Yeah, a moat all around it. Whatever you want. I mean, it's still a prison. I get that it's a prison. Yeah. These guys can't leave it. No. Alligator moat. Yeah. Alligator moat is fine. Um, whatever whatever you want to do in terms of that, you know, it's all good. Electrified alligator moat. But you're going to be making money hand over fist. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I like it. All right. All right. You guys, uh, so far we've given you two bundles of money. They are re- like not just bundles. Yeah, bundles is not big enough. Okay, these are truckfuls. Truckfuls. Truck big trucks. Yeah, a, a, a caravan of eighteen wheelers. Yeah, of money, of cash, big bills. Yeah, though. not small bills, not coins. No, cash. Yeah, hard, hard cash money. That's right. So at this point. Enough enough for you for a second. Give us a second, right? That's why every week Josh and I like to go into what we like to call our newest segment, Josh and Noel Sell Out. <laughs> no, what in which, you like to call our newest segment. <laughs> in which every week we explore the Josh and I, ways that Josh and I are actively pursuing our lifelong goal of selling out to corporate America. Uh, you know the typical ways. You can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org webpage, go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel show page, hit the sponsor link, Pledge an amount that'll come out for a reoccurring period. And uh, half that money goes to Josh and I. Half that money goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. If you hate us, you can go to the RadioFreeBrooklyn.org webpage. Hit the pledge button and pledge a one-time or reoccurring amount of money. None of that money comes to us. All that money goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. Keeps them on the air. And you can put a note saying, get these idiots off the air, signed Joe Arpino, or whatever his name Arpino. is. Arpino. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's his name now, Joe Arpino. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and uh, you get a tax break, because Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 charitable organization. Have I asked... Cultural institution. Have I asked before if uh, they get a tax break if they do it the other way, where we get some of the money? I don't, I don't know how that goes. Yet. Okay. You might. But not for us. Right. If if you do, it would be for on half your money. Gotcha. Uh, so that's what you do, guys. Go out there. Do it. Support us. This is, a, this is your way of saying thank you before you're super rich. You know, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait until you're rich to say thanks. We appreciate you guys. You can do it today. Just a, just a computer. That's all you need. I was listening to NPR all week, and they just where they were, just 
fun drive oh, it's all that the time. time. Oh. Yeah, it's brutal. I think it might be over now, but Thank it God. was like holy moly. We got to start doing that. We need to do fun drives. We got we got to we got to really focus in on <laughs> we do as in jo- get rich quick with oh. Josh and Noel or they're or, making money obviously. Yeah, well, of course. Well, make they're not making money per se. Well, someone is. They're bringing money in. They're yeah. paying their bills. Yeah, but they're nonprofit. Yeah, so they can't officially be making money. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, you know who can officially make money? Who you? You, the listening public. You know, as I said, we already gave you ways to make two caravans of money. Maybe somewhere in there, you want to slip in enough a little idea. On a different topic to make a van full of money. Slip in. <laughs> so, if you're uh, putting on your pink underwear right now, or if you're uh, dropping your mini soap in the in the shower, or your neck is chained to a uh, to a rack and you got nothing to do but listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe's Sheriff Joe. Uh, has chained you to a chair and broken your neck. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Give this a listen. Come back later. Make even more money. So, Mr. Josh, please take it away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. Rasheen Madigan, 22, is earning £1,000 to sleep in designer beds every day for a month. The student is helping with a sleep survey carried out by luxury bed specialist Simon Horn Limited. The company sells luxury Savoir beds, originally made for the Savoy Hotel. General Manager Craig Royland said Rasheen will not only provide an objective view of the beds on sale, but will also be part of a look into what brings a good night's sleep. She will spend 10am to 6pm in beds in the company showroom in Edgbaston and then will blog about her experiences. So when I first heard this, I didn't I didn't catch the bit that she was going to be there from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh-huh. And I was thinking, wow, she's making all this extra money because a thousand pound is like fifteen hundred dollars. Almost. Yeah. Uh, uh, for the month that she's making when she's asleep. Right. But she's not going to be asleep mm-hmm. unless she works nights. Yeah. Work nights. Yeah. There you go. 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. She's going to be laying in bed in the store all day. And then blogging about it. Uh-huh. But how is that going to tell anyone what like constitutes a good night's sleep? Because it's not <laughs> fucking nighttime. Yeah. Unless it's your nighttime. I bet you, uh, if it came down to it, she is purdy. And it, it's a come in my store and look at this lady on the bed. I bet she's quite plain looking and a hell of a good writer. <laughs> or maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I think that was uh, pretty old school of you, Noel. <laughs> Old school tone deaf? Old school tone deaf. All right. That should be, I'm going to get you a t-shirt. Old school tone deaf? That just says old school tone deaf. (laughs) That's you in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah. But got a hearing aid. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Um, Yeah, no, so there it is. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Laying in bed and getting paid. I like it. Yeah, I want that. Yeah, you guys go out there and get it. Uh, So... Here's something else that's old school toad neff. Uh, punishment. We're going to get rich with it. Uh-huh. Just like Josh said, I was thinking as well about the privatization, the privatization of the penal system. And I was thinking about 
you know, I wanted to follow that trend and create privatized death penalty companies. But, you know, who wants to do that other than Sheriff Joe? Um, plus, I did. it did occur to me when that inevitably comes down, it'll go to massive connected companies like Academy, which was Z Services. What? Which was Blackwater. Academy? Yeah. So, Blackwater. So I'm sorry. I got... I got I got tied to, so these are all company names. Yeah, so okay, so sorry. Blackwater, after the Iraq War, decided, oh, we need to cl- clean up our image. Mm-hmm. So they changed their name to Z Services. Oh, so Blackwater is no longer Blackwater. No, it, it, oh, it became okay. Z Services gotcha. uh, to try and throw off the, the trail. And then um, they thought social justice warriors. someone may have followed that change. Uh-huh. And so they rechanged their name to Academy. An Academy? Uh, it 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 is spelled differently. There's an I at the end. I think it's academy. Okay. Uh, so that's still it's not, but that's not like a uh, a, a sub company. No, it's, a, it's it's just changed just, name. Just changed their name. Yeah. That's so yeah, wow. What a yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh. So, uh. And and if anyone gets the freaking death privatized death penalty, mm-hmm. it'll be them or Halliburton or something. Yeah. You know. Uh, so, uh, then I thought about other aspects of the privatization of punishment. And in a way, uh, the Twitter shaming and online pylons, uh, we've discussed in other shows really is just that it is the democratization of punishment. It is. Yes. It is certainly the, uh, you know, if you, you read about the Salem witch trials Uh and the Salem witch hunt, uh, and you put it up against Twitter, and the way Twitter just takes people down. Yeah. Uh, sometimes deservedly so. Yeah, I'm not disputing that. I think sometimes the punishment is much harsher than the crime. Yes. Uh, you know, people do make mistakes and say stupid things in public forums, yes. and they deserve to be smacked down a little bit. Uh, you know, the level of it and the vitriol and the hatred, as we saw with our guest, uh, I can't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know about his his Baron Trump tweet. Yeah, it goes completely overboard and out of hand. Yeah, um, Stephen Spinola. Yeah, uh, so uh, yeah, but it also is good too that you know issues are being raised where half the population just refused to admit that they were issues until suddenly they're like, oh, this is actually something that's affected a lot of women. You know. Yeah. Do you think that has anything to do with Twitter? Do you really? Uh, with online, yeah, yeah, that is. That's uh-huh. entirely, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily in a hundred percent agreement with that. Ah, uh, okay. But anyway, I, I do. Um, so anyway, uh, this online Twitter shaming and pylons have uh, democrat democratized punishment in a lot of ways to the point that people kill themselves. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, in <laughs> in part of my reading. Uh, I came across something completely random. This is when I was going at the death penalty angle. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was reading about decapitation. So I was thinking, like, maybe we could start a guillotine company or something like mm-hmm. that, right? Uh, and I saw uh, something that read, and this is a quote, Mike the Chicken from uh, Fruta, Colorado, mm-hmm. lived for 18 months after having his head chopped off. Yeah, 
I feel we've talked about Mike the Chicken no, before. No, I don't think so. No? No. Okay. Because uh, I had never heard of it. I okay. thought it was fascinating. And they had a picture of a headless chicken just standing there. And I looked into it, and turns out this is true. September 10th, 1945, farmer Lloyd Olson sent out to the yard to get a chicken for dinner, and he chose Mike. <laughs> and the axe removed Mike's head but missed the juggler vein and left most of the brain stem intact and one ear. I don't even know what a chicken ear looks like, <laughs> uh, but it left it. And uh, the chicken was able to, because a lot of their activity, I guess, comes from their brain stem. Mm-hmm. He's able to balance on a perch, walk around clumsily, and he would move like he was preening uh, or pecking for food. And he would, with finger quotes, I'm saying crow, which was actually a oh. gurgling noise <laughs> from his throat. <laughs> That's so horrible. Yeah. Uh, and so when Mike didn't die, Lloyd thought, you know, this guy's a fighter. And he started feeding him a mixture of water and milk via an eyedropper. Mm-hmm. And he had some small kernels of corn he would feed down his throat. Uh, so he began touring with sideshows. And uh, he was in uh, lots of magazines. Mm-hmm. He was in Time and he was in Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were being charged 25 cents to see him. Did you see pictures of this chicken as well? Yes. There were videos. Oh, really? Videos? Yes. Wow. Look up everyone, everyone, after this show, after you finish, maybe even before you start making your millions, Uh huh. look up Mike the Headless Chicken. It's great. Uh, so he began touring sideshows. Uh, people were being charged 25 cents to see him, and Lloyd was making $4,500 a month, which in today's money is 48000 bucks a month. Whoa. Yep. And then, unfortunately, 18 months later, Mike the Headless Chicken died in 1947. Wow. <laughs> we the, really did give him a moment of silence yeah. there. Yeah. The, that there, was there's beautiful. a few theories about how he died. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Lloyd claims that uh, they were at the hotel and he had left his throat cleaning gear at the sideshow. And Mike choked on a kernel of corn. Oh, God. There's other theories that, because uh, his weird throat was so weird, <laughs> that weird uh, he just, like, choked. So he couldn't get enough air. Yeah. Uh, but either way, that headless chicken finally died. I have another theory. Really? Yeah. Is it, like, a Kennedy assassination type thing? I think someone just got hungry. <laughs> it's time for chicken wings. <laughs> you know, he made a lot of money. He could have been a headless, wingless chicken. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Just throw it on there. Just really just pile it on the poor chicken. <laughs> He's only got one breast. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> one leg. Just the leg, but no thigh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you guys... This is what you are going to do. Because when, when I was thinking about starting up my own private uh, execution company, mm-hmm. uh, it, I was going to, at first I thought maybe I could make Mike the Headless Chicken our mascot. Because uh, it'd be great. Mm-hmm. Especially if I was, had a guillotine. Right. Uh, but we don't do that anymore. We no. don't go out. Blackwater, a.k.a. Academy, does. Um, 
what we do is we gang up on people on the internet. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're going to go out there and you're going to make a giant inflatable Mike the Headless Chicken. <laughs> right? And you're going to charge a lot for rental of this headless mm-hmm. chicken. And every day, at least once, it's going to happen. Whenever there's an internet enemy of the day, mm-hmm. enemy du jour of the internet, mm-hmm. uh, and people start a pile on, you are going to that day as well start a Kickstarter to raise money to get this Mike the Headless Chicken placed on the shamed one's lawn. So it's going to be kind of like the uh, labor rat. Yeah, it's going to be like yeah. the strike rat that they put uh-huh. in front of buildings that are uh, that are union busting. Yep. Uh, only it's you the, are going to be Mike raising this chicken. money to yeah. pay yourself. Of course you are. Because it's going to cost a lot of money. Uh, and I'm telling you, with the way the internet is going, today you could be working, having that headless chicken, the symbol of... of we we're got ya. You could have that headless chicken ten places a day. So you need multiple headless chickens. You need multiple, yeah. You gotta you gotta get in there quick and at first just take all your profits and put it into more headless chickens. Mm-hmm. Uh because they're gonna be everywhere. And if internet shaming keeps growing at the rate it has been, you better build a Mike the Headless Chicken Factory. So I guess what I'm trying to understand here, mm-hmm. what is the correlation of Mike the Headless Chicken yeah. to uh, someone being uh, shamed to the point of distraction Oh, okay. Well, as, as I Twitter. said, when I was thinking of my private death penalty right. company- I was going to have Mike the Headless Chicken be its mascot because it just, so it just cries out do, of okay. extreme punishment. And it's still kind of, yeah, Funny. exactly. It's got a little charming. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so it's good marketing. It'll be, it'll be an instant people will see like, yeah, put this thing on that guy's lawn. Yeah. We, so don't, want the, we don't want everyone driving by thinking that this guy's on strike. Uh-huh. We want them to know that this guy is a. It should have his head chopped off. So if off. you're not on Twitter or Facebook, uh-huh. or so it's really for the people who are not locked into the internet to know who is getting shamed on the internet. Or even if everyone is on the internet, it's for the people on the internet to think that they're telling other people when everyone else may already know. They might not may they may not really be alerting anyone else to these activities. Okay. It may be telling, it may be preaching to the converted. It's just one more piece pile to to throw on top <laughs> one of the, more. Uh, one more log to throw in the flame yeah. of shame yeah. that these people must feel for whatever their egregious sin was. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy, I'll go with that. Yeah. Factories yeah. of it. I feel like it's not, I mean, yeah, I guess the money is in the bulk. Yeah. Right? That's what it is. It's, it's, it's not, you know. Well, and, and as we've discussed <clears throat> before, these online campaigns, if they can go viral, raise outrageous amounts of money yeah. very quickly. And you, since you control both the Kickstarter campaign and the price of Mike the Chicken, uh huh, you charge outrageous amounts of money. All right, right. You you can have Mike the Mike the Headless Chicken being charged at a hundred thousand dollars a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about the idea of privatizing. Uh, uh, 
uh, capital punishment as well. Uh-huh. And I thought what you would do was, um, so I was looking up sort of like uh, uh, in states and federally capital punishment, and it, it's all pretty much revolves around murder of some sort besides treason uh-huh. and, uh, and espionage. Yeah. Uh, but everything else revolves around murder is what would get you killed. And I was thinking along the lines of, well, you know, eventually what's happening with the healthcare system is mm-hmm. people are going to start dying. Sure. Because uh, uh, health insurance companies are not going to be paying their bills. Yeah. And, you know, if you can get someone to uh, win the first court battle that, uh, is basically a murder trial for the uh, heads of these health insurance companies. Okay. You can then televise the, uh, when you privatize the capital punishment, everyone would turn in, tune in. Sure. To see CEOs of companies getting killed. What about the politicians that passed the well, law? Well, again, and you, are yeah, guilty of can, treason and espionage. You're starting. You're starting. <laughs> you just you just start a ball rolling. Yeah, that it would. You know, like I mean, we're talking like French Revolution kind of stuff. Yeah, where you know the equivalent of the masses in the street watching the watching all of the the uh, the gentry getting their heads chopped off. Uh-huh. And you know, they, it would be the equivalent thing, and you would make a fortune on those cable rights. Yeah. But you know, part. But the problem is having the money to win that. Sure. Uh, it's not like a going to be a get rich quick thing. This is going to take years, and eventually, I think you could win. Yeah, and become spankingly rich. Yeah. Oh, and become ridiculously rich. But yeah. so I didn't go with that one. So this is my next one. So getting a little off of uh, prisons. Okay. Because that's a big sort of uh, massive sort of punishment. I was sort of looking up like punishing kids, right? We don't have a lot of time here, so I'm just going to sort of blow through this really quick. But basically, there's a theory that punishing kids doesn't work. Okay. Right? There's there's theory that you have to punish kids in any in any means necessary, right? Similarly, as you were talking in your first thing, there's two sort of extremes. Then there's the other theory. It's like, oh, punishing doesn't work, and you have to talk to them, and you have to show them what it is to be grown up and and I feel like there needs to be something sort of in the middle. So this is the middle. Mm-hmm. Okay? So one of the reasons the belief that punishing kids doesn't work uh uh the belief is there that punishing kids doesn't work is because quite often with punishing kids the way most people do it, adults do it is there's threats involved. Mm-hmm. You won't, you can't, you will not get I will do this, right? And it all comes from a place of anger. Now Unless you're like really abusive, most parents eventually don't follow through on their threats. Mm-hmm. And as the kids get older, they realize that these threats aren't real. Mm-hmm. And you have to keep escalating the threats, and they feel less and less fear, and it just becomes you get at loggerheads, right? Because you as the parent get extremely frustrated. The kid's not doing what he's supposed to do. You get even more frustrated because you're getting called on your bullshit. Yeah. Right, which makes you angry because the kid's not doing what, and the kid is feeling uh, like he's invincible uh-huh. and that you're full of shit yeah. and you have no authority. So this is what I was thinking about. I was I was thinking about the show Punked, okay, right, or any of those shows, but particularly Punked because they did a lot of stuff where they scared the shit out of people. Yeah, right, and a lot of times 
groundings and punishments, particularly with teenage, revolve around them doing something that if it goes the wrong way, the kid could get hurt uh-huh. or, you know, something terrible could happen to them. Mm-hmm. And the parents get furious at them. Their anger is basically their protectiveness. And uh, they ground the kid and the kid is like, well, I don't understand because I'm fine. I didn't really do anything wrong. I didn't do anything that other kids my age don't do. Uh-huh. And n- the message doesn't get through. Quite often with teenagers especially, they don't learn from people telling. They learn from things happening to them. Yeah. So you're going to start a company where basically what you do is create the worst case scenario. So let's say you were out all night and you got drunk and then you drove. Mm -hmm. You're grounded. Well, what are you talking about? I got home fine. I was safe. Right? You're going to set up a scenario where you basically create a situation where this kid is driving home drunk and you get into a wreck with them. Yeah. Right? And they get terrorized by it. Right. Everything, every bad thing that could possibly happen in this situation, you know, they hit your car, which is, you know, you've got it set up and one of your people is dead in the car and this kid is losing their shit and they go through the whole process of freaking out and the whole thing. And then, ha, your parents paid for this whole thing and you got punked. Yeah. DUI punked, whatever it is. And they'll be furious and angry and fucked up, but they'll remember it. It will stick with them. Yeah. You can do that with that. You can do that with the kid walking down the street late at night all alone and have a van pull up and grab them and pull them into the van uh-huh. and kidnap them, essentially, yeah. and do all like threaten to rape them, threaten to beat them, whatever. Yeah, I know you look shocked at me, but I'm telling you, you make it the worst case scenario. Uh-huh. You put such a fear into them that they don't know what to do. And that's how you're going to make your money with these this sort of thing. Yeah, I like it. Uh, hey, uh, guys, if you want to uh, threaten Josh, yeah. you can get him on, on Twitter at GRQJoshNoel. You can email him at uh, GRQJoshNoel at gmail.com. You can get him on Facebook at Facebook slash GRQJoshNoel. You can go on iTunes, subscribe, rate, review, anywhere where you can get a podcast. Uh, and if you only listen to his podcast form, tune in Saturday nights 8 o'clock, Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, get the schemes five days before anyone else, and uh, we don't have time to uh, tell you how to spend your money this week. We don't have time to give you rules to judge our schemes by. We got to get going, Josh. Yeah, no. So I guess we know we're going to get rich, so uh, once again for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. <laughs> Okay.